I V M. This be the verse by Philip Larkin. They f you up your mom and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. But they were f***ed up in their turn by fools in old style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. Welcome to the seen and the unseen. Our weekly podcast on economics, politics and behavioral science. Please welcome your host, Amit Varma. Welcome to the seen and the unseen. Most of the episodes of this podcast have been about economics or politics, about public policy in other words. But even private actions have seen and unseen effects. In today's episode, I want to examine the seen and unseen effects of parenting or parenthood. My guest today on the show is Natasha Badwar. Natasha is a columnist, filmmaker, entrepreneur, but is best known for her remarkable column on parenting that has appeared every week in Mint for the last six years. Now, I hate kids and have no interest in parenting, but week on week I find her column insightful and deeply moving for what it reveals about being human. She doesn't look at parenthood or herself through a glossy filter, but with unflinching honesty. and that relentless week on week self awareness and self examination contains many deep and unique insights natasha has recently released a book my daughter's mum and i strongly recommend it to all my listeners i caught up with her recently to chat about what she has learned about parenthood in all these years of writing about it natasha welcome to the show hello i'm really happy to be on this show Natasha I'm not normally an audience for parenting columns in fact I'm a determined non-parent and I don't like I'm kids. not an audience for parenting columns either <laughs> Yeah however I've been reading your column with great interest for um, the the 6 plus years that you've been writing it and partly because I I I feel what they do is in a very gentle sensitive way reveal human nature it's not just about children or parenting but it's about looking deeper at people and things that we take for granted Now in today's episode I'd like to sort of talk about the seen and unseen effects of parenting now we all know the seen effects that the seen effects on the positive side is that it's fulfilling you have your own flesh and blood and you watch them grow they look after you in your old age if you run out of food you can eat them and <laughs> on the and on the negative side they disrupt your life completely women especially often have to give up their careers or their independent dreams to have their kid and essentially the life that you live is completely different from what you what it would have been without the kids and many people become parents before they're ready for it these are sort of cliche tropes uh, you know which many have gone over yeah. and i enjoyed um, i enjoy your column and uh, now your book so much because uh, it uh, it 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 looks at everyday happinesses and sorrows which are not sort of from that playbook and you get the sense in all your writing that uh, by watching your children grow up with such attention you are also growing up yourself and becoming a different person and discovering yourself so can you tell me a little bit more about what writing about this is uh, done to you Okay so you've said it all huh? you 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 spoke for me I'm so sorry should me. we stop now <laughs> <laughs> You've spoken for me I'm going to just record this and use it in one of my columns uh but uh, yeah you're right it's uh, 
growing up with the children is a process of growing up and uh, it's not always a voluntary process of growing up it uh, kind of jolts you out uh, of your um, you know or your notions of uh, normalcy your notions of uh, uh, what is uh, right and what is wrong what is a decent way of living and uh, i didn't expect this I, uh, i i agree with you that a lot of people have children before they're ready for it and uh, i also agree with you that we shouldn't have children unless we really really desperately want to have them uh, but i uh, you know i was 31 uh, when i was 32 when my uh, first child was born and uh, i'd always wanted to be a parent so for me uh, whether i was going to have a biological child or not i uh, you know i'd been ready to adopt a child and i'd been kind of looking at adoption so i was one person who really felt that she was ready to be a parent and uh, the first couple of years were fairly um, you know simple the only things that i had to I battle against to were uh, the stereotypes that others were thrusting upon me but as soon as my daughter was old enough to go to school you know as soon as she was ready to start uh, speaking her mind expressing herself and as soon as we had two children uh, and we had to deal with the dynamic of uh, the first one suddenly discovering that she's not the center of the universe uh, me discovering that i do not have enough hands uh, you know one uh, that is at work on the smartphone uh, the other that is holding the baby uh, the head that is being attention to the husband and you know now i had a new baby and i was besotted with the new baby uh, so i didn't have any time for anyone else so you know from there started a process where i have literally discovered that every day uh, you are forced to learn something new that every now and then uh, you forget the lessons that you have learned yesterday uh, for example uh, just then the last two months um, our middle child she's 12 and she's you know she's she's going through uh, what everyone would call a phase she'll get over it you know uh, never mind don't don't take it too seriously uh, but she's angsting over something she's not at peace uh, with the world with the family with herself and uh, and i discovered that because i have been writing Uh, about uh, because i have because i have the column and i am you know a deadline bound to write every week about uh, what's going on in my life i discovered that uh, she was actually going through the same phase when she was 3 years old and then the same phase when she was 7 years old that when i describe how she was behaving or how i felt she was feeling at that age of 3 and at that age of 7 and now at the age of 12 the words were exactly the same and i would not have made that connection if i hadn't actually written about it i i didn't even remember that i had written about it i just chanced upon the same thing which also goes to show that you know you deal with a situation and you and you forget about it you don't make the connections and somewhere i feel that uh, popular culture popular parenting culture family culture doesn't want you to make the connections uh because when you do uh you then begin to question the entire structure of the family uh, the hierarchy within the family Can not you... only the nuclear family but also the extended family you then have to question the structure of our education system 
uh, you may have chosen as a parent the finest school in the city and you know you think your job is done yeah now i have put together the finances and i have used my influence and i have charmed the principal into accepting my children and look what i've done for my child and your child comes back home in despair and you don't know what is it is it something that i didn't do right because that's always your first thought as a parent is it something that's happening in the school you go and have a conversation with the school and they're listening to you they're empathetic but uh, they don't have a solution and the child is too young uh, too confused uh, too uh, isolated as an individual to be able to articulate what is it that is getting to her and you realize that you know what is supposed to make you happy doesn't always make you happy uh you can offer her the finest dance class and uh you know take her for uh, football and buy her the best kit and give her the best coach but not enough has changed in society our um, notions of gender our notions of authority you must you know if your coach says so he is right you right. must listen to it you haven't questioned your own relationship with each other as parents you know you're you're very together you may be you may have read the same uh, you know books and had the same influences and you know you you feel that okay you've got this uh, liberal minded guy and you want the same kind of uh, future for your child you want the same kind of values in your child but but you're kind of repeating a script between yourselves where he can get angry and you will cry in the corner every time you have an argument and your child like every other child in the history of mankind is witnessing the same kind of dynamics between the gender and finding it not just because children can see that children uh, children you know they they respond to their feelings still we have actually wiped out the ability uh, to do that and somewhere in popular culture we are always telling parents don't take them too seriously they abhi to wo bachcha hai usse kya pata kya ho raha hai which you feel is a mistake which is an absolute mistake because you're also being told as a new parent you don't know what is happening mm. let me tell you what is happening and you know you know you know because you're so deeply connected with that new baby and sometimes you don't know but you do know that what is being told to you is not exactly uh, what you are feeling so you struggle as a parent to name experiences to to name feelings that have not been expressed either in other people's writing or in everyday conversations and like you said uh, you know it's not only that you uh, you find that you don't have a language to accurately represent what is hurting you and what is confusing you you also don't have one to accurately represent the highs the happinesses you know those little moments that make it worthwhile so because you, since you were writing a weekly column and and every week you had a deadline and you had to put a column out there on um uh, parenting was that heightened awareness of what your child is doing and how you're interacting with them and it heightened self awareness something that either helped or hurt you in different ways in the actual job of parenting yeah so um you know when i uh, i had begun to write about uh, everyday moments uh, on my social media i had begun to uh, blog about it anonymously um, because 
what went on my blog was something that I was still trying to figure out. I didn't want anyone else to tell me how to feel about it. So that was a uh, space that I protected. Then if I felt that it was something that, you know, was uh, entertainment or entertaining or, uh, you know, it had some humor or it, I would share it on Facebook, uh, you know, just uh, t- tentatively within my own uh, circle of friends. And if Facebook said, why are you thinking like this? Don't feel like this. What's really going on? I'd say, hey, wait, wait, wait. You're not being a good listener. I would take it to Twitter. So even before the column uh, was uh, commissioned, I was uh, writing in three different spaces. And, you know, I had a hierarchy, completely private, uh, for an audience on Twitter that didn't know me at all. uh, So I could ignore them if I wanted to. And they could accept me if they wanted to and for a circle of friends on Facebook. When the column got commissioned, and I had been hoping uh, to to write formally uh, for a larger platform, I actually sat down and cried. I I was like, oh my God, this is the end of my life because now I'm going to have to be a good parent. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's not worth writing anything unless it's honest. And if I'm not going to do a good job, it's going to be really hard to put it out there. Did it change your parenting, the self-awareness? Um, I think in the long run, uh, it changed us um, in the sense that we all, through the words that got written, uh, learned to listen to each other better. And uh, what I uh, discovered when I began to write about it was that what I was really struggling uh, to make a breakthrough in was my relationship with my own parents. Uh, Because you realize that you cannot cut through the bushes and charter a path for your family with your children till you have also gone back and figured out where you're coming from. And what is it that influences you? Why are some things easier and some things so hard for you to do? And it makes you think something happened that I have forgotten uh, or that I have, uh, that has made me very angry uh, about something. So, you know, if the if the water ran out in the house, I would go into a panic and my husband would be like, it, it's just water, it will come back. And it made me connect to a memory when my mother would panic, when the water would run out, uh, you know, ages ago. And at that time, If it ran out and we were on the fourth floor, it would not come for a couple of days. But I was in the, you know, new millennium and it would come in a couple of hours. But uh, I had inherited a kind of, uh, you know, a fear. And, And I mean, that's a really small example. But there are many other things where you find that there are emotional blocks, that there are some things that just trigger you. Some things come really easily to you. Uh, you buy them a certain kind of shoe, you dress them up in a certain kind of way and it doesn't quite fit with the times or with the trends and it takes you back into your childhood. So how it changed us was really when I began to write how I understood them, they began to understand how I was trying to uh, understand them. And somewhere the words helped us misunderstand each other less. Because I think that really is the, you know, is the roadblock in all intimate relationships. Because is in, that at uh, some point, uh, you know, you have just 
piled up the misunderstandings yeah, and, and, and you don't know and how often to what, then often what happens in relationships whether they're marital relationships or parental relationships is that you just have two parties talking past each other yeah, but in this yeah. case i guess you're paying more close attention to not the only words that you're uh, you have two parties from very very different upbringings right uh so one is reacting very strongly to something the other mm. one thinks this is nothing yeah and and then the hurts begin to accumulate yeah. you did not pay attention to my feeling yeah. you always do that mm. and uh, the conversation doesn't go beyond that because we don't have a template our parents didn't go beyond that no one else is going beyond that you don't really want to go to a psychiatrist uh, or a therapist because you don't feel that you know the situation is that bad and yet there is uh, those little things yeah th- there are those little uh, knots and because i had to write week after week mm. it wasn't a choice i made it was those knots that wanted to uh be unraveled. so so my other uh, question here is that as your kids grew up they became aware that mommy writes a column and uh, presumably they began to read it also at some point and did that for example affect their attitude towards you or their behavior because like was there a performative element to that you know in the back of their head would they be aware that oh she may write about this or yeah so um, my uh, middle daughter uh, she was the first one to to put it on the table so there would be things she would show me that she would say don't put this out you know so 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 clearly there was an awareness that if she likes it very much she instagrams it uh you know or or she 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 makes a facebook post out of it and they enjoyed my enjoyment of things but when they felt that something was private she was the first one she activated the opt out clause yeah yeah she did uh so she was the first one to uh, do that and um then what i get uh from them in a sense is you know my oldest daughter she's now 14 she read the book and she was the second person to read the book throughout and uh, her f- initial reactions would be um, you know she would see herself as a, a younger version of herself and she would connect oh this is something that i'm still angry about or i didn't like it when this happened wow and you know she would come back to me but when she finished the book she actually wrote me an email and that's the first review of the book it really is a review of the book in uh, which she writes uh, my mother is a hero on paper and uh, then she goes on to say uh, that uh, our life is messier angrier uh, harder than mm. what it looks like in mm. the column mm. uh but i understand what she's trying to do she writes about being the kind of parent she wants to be mm. and in that sense uh what has happened is that if if i hadn't accessed the writer in me and uh tried to uh you know s- simplify things so that i could understand them and and that others could resonate uh, that that it would resonate with the the stories of others because the same thing is happening in every family uh what my children would have known of me would have been a mother who uh, tends to get very angry who uh, big, uh who kind of gets into the victim position rather frequently more frequently than i like to remember who who struggles 
and uh, doesn't always do a great job of uh, you know figuring out her own feelings but when i write i am i'm forced to figure them out so what they were getting access to was what i was trying to do which is the one thing that i realized i never had access to uh, with my own mother so you try 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 to understand where your parent is coming from and then you give up because you become powerful as a young adult and you just judge them and you you know uh, push them into a bin and you say i'm never going to make the same mistakes again and not realizing that eventually you're going to behave as you have seen them behave and, and struggle with that behavior as well so um that the same thing happened with my mother and i think that perhaps for me is the greatest uh, i i didn't anticipate it but it is the greatest achievement of the book and my mother once um, uh, you know she read something and she came back to me and she said and it had been a couple of years she said i didn't know you think so hard i didn't know mujhe nahi pata tha ki tu itna sochti hai cheezon ke baare so you opened up your interior world to them but and perhaps... here I, you know i was opening up my interior world because i needed to uh for myself for your own sake i was actually going forward doing that because i had uh, got an audience that was very very gentle and kind and receptive of that writing uh but within our family we didn't have a platform in which we could talk to each other in the same way and when she was reading me from a very far distance uh she was able to uh hear me in a way that she had not been able to hear me as a parent and i was able to hear her uh and speak of her in a way that i hadn't been able to uh as her child and it's it's very interesting a couple of weeks back on facebook you you posted a lovely little piece by her and uh, and what i was really struck by there was the assuredness of the writing the just the quality of the sentences you know short crisp sentences keeping it really simple uh, the, you know the the clarity in that is, is that something that you think she picked up from your writing or uh, you know because that that is craft you can be born with an artistic sense but craft is something you have to work at so i was very struck by that has she ever discussed your writing with you um so this is my oldest daughter yeah. um seher uh she has read me consistently and um, you know i wonder so uh, when she wrote this uh, review of the book when i call it a review but yeah. she actually wrote me a mail mm. uh, after reading the book when she wrote it to me i i felt that she had taken the kind of personal writing i was doing to a new level and you know i was i, I was not ready Uh, to read uh, that depth of truth she actually pointed out to me things that i had begun to gloss over myself and uh, it made me think uh, that you know rather than the fact that she may be influenced by me it made me think that perhaps when i write i am accessing uh, that uh, cleaner thought process uh that uh, you know what would we might call child like uh but we always appreciate it when it comes out uh, you know in writing you know straight forward the simplicity right? the, yeah. the, and uh, i know that i know how hard i have to work to be able to get that one 1000 word column out so if Tell it comes <laughs> it's a nightmare so you know if it is submitted on a tuesday morning mm. 
my brain has begun to work on it from the friday before that and i will uh, you know nap at odd hours i will um, uh, you know go to sleep at 3 in the afternoon i'll sit with my computer i have begun to actually fall asleep on the keyboard and i realize that i'm not sleeping i am shutting down the you know the very conscious thought process of what how should i create this and allowing a much more uh, um organic uh, thought process to to reveal itself and uh, you know come out through the typing and, and and so perhaps what she has is an is an original way of writing she also reads a lot and um, it's it's amazing the you know they not only read what we read while we were growing up but there is such a huge body of writing for young adults absolutely now that they access through the libraries um that and because we don't have tv they they really read a lot uh, because there's nothing else to do if they're not cycling or uh, playing in the park so uh, so a lot is coming from contemporary writing as well and and with you know with regard to parenting itself like do you think that there are different levels of parenting that you end up doing because one is the actual parenting and one in a sense is a performative parenting which you're doing for yourself as fodder for your own thing that this is what i should do or this is you know does that make you a different kind of parent um okay so i'll i'll tell you what my experience with parenting has been um i i started with my first child as this super enthusiastic uh, always attentive parent and you know amit by the third year i realized that i was performing i was performing for myself i was performing for everybody else i wanted my mother to see me as a certain kind of parent i wanted my mother in law to see me as a certain kind do, of parent do, do, do and any i of wanted them live with you to guys? see myself as a certain mm. kind of parent uh, my parents lived nearby and we would spend a lot of time with my mother in law when the first child came the first grandchild in the family and stuff like that and uh, so my notion of the good parent was in itself very performative and that has uh that that has decreased over the years so that i have learned that if they ask me a question a tricky question it is not my job to necessarily answer it yeah i am just supposed to allow that question to to arrive in the space within the family and for everyone to think about it as they want to i am not the solution provider i am not the one who has to fix everything which was not only a traditional notion of motherhood that's thrust upon you but also one that i had very actively embraced and also a notion of adulthood like completely unrelated to parenting one of the things you figure out when you hit 40 years both of us did a few years ago is that you know you're not sorted you're not supposed to have figured it all out you've been winging it all along and you'll continue to wing it yeah, and that's fine yeah you, uh, absolutely and somewhere this comes from this very very early question that every adult is always firing at every child what do you want to be when you grow up yeah you know and when we um, were um, in our early 20s how can you not know what you want to do or if you had a good job how can you not want to do the same job for the rest of your life and it did ring true none of this rang true to us you know as a generation as a as a world we had come to a point where you could actually do many things yeah. that the most successful people historically had actually also been prime ministers also writing books uh, also uh, you know being sports 
people so you you unless you are expressing all your talents and you realize by the time you are 40 that everybody is talented that each one of us does not have that one two or three talents that were discovered by some generous soul when you were uh, you know in your early years but that there is so much more to you and it may not have revealed itself when i was 6 or 15 but it will reveal itself when i'm 46 Yeah, and, how and, come? How come you started writing? You didn't used to write before, yeah. you know. So the notion is that every talent, you know, that there is a certain number of things that you will be good at, and you discover that that's not true. And there doesn't need to be a linear path. So life is not like a school project that this is the aim and this is how you get there. It's just a really messed up journey, messy journey. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, even school projects, I mean, education systems yeah. are constantly discovering that this one way of doing, you know, breaking it into yeah. subjects and. doing the learn and do the exam and then forget about it and learn something new is is not the way we learn and is there a process while parenting where you sort of this associate from the parenthood aspect of it and just start relating to them in different ways as people as they grow older you know like in a sense when you uh, refer to uh, saher's uh, email as your first uh, review for a moment you've stepped back and you're you, you know it's a writer reviewer relationship yeah, almost yeah does that happen more and more do you have to force it to happen and not stay in the parent mode it does happen more and more and um i think i got lucky um with my first child i was a very very serious committed parent with my second child because i was taking it all so seriously i began to break down and crash and not be able to hold it all together and therefore discover that i was not supposed to hold it all together and with my third child um you know who we hadn't planned to have at all but by the time uh, uh we we had our third child i had quit my job i was you know trying out all kinds of new things in my life and i i had calmed down i had calmed down as a parent because i had seen a utter and complete defeat so i was you know at ground zero and and ready to start again and i didn't have any pressure on me we also almost lost her so there was a very very you know we had uh, i'd had a very emotional traumatic time and literally uh, it it was like coming back from ground zero uh, because there was one point where we could have lost me also and coming back from there you know just kind of got me in touch with the core of what it's all meant to be about and because raising the third child uh was so different from the way i had behaved with the other two i learned through that that i could behave in the same way with the middle child and the older child that i was so easy with the new one because just the fact that we had survived it we had come back home two living beings was enough for me i had no other expectations that was just it remained enough for me for years so i let her be and then i was like why don't i let everyone else be you know why don't why am i you know if i'm satisfied just to be alive with this child then i should be able to take that feeling to almost everything else in my life and that kind of you know it helped to break this whole perfectionist mold that uh, i had been quite besotted with you know you're good at something you just feel compelled to always be good at it i am the best parent <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not only that even professionally yeah, you know absolutely you've done really well at it then what's the next thing you can't stop you know <laughs> you don't have to keep getting better at things 
and somewhere it just become over the years has helped me to form a much calmer world view and it is very interesting a lot of i've read a lot of writers on parenthood but most of them looking at it from a vantage point or in retrospect and you've almost been sort of live blogging parenthood in a manner of speaking you've been a witness and a chronicler of the reality show inside your own head and in your own life so to sort of um go back to parenting per se uh what has this experience over the last decade and a half which is culminated in this book taught you about parenting and if you could meet the 32 year old natasha just about to embark on her journey what advice would you give the 32 year old uh the advice i'll give to the 32 year old me is uh to calm down uh to take it easy and uh to slow down so those are the big lessons that don't try to hard and just things <laughs> yeah, will happen yeah 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 what the 32 year old me was getting away with was being able to pretend to be okay even if she wasn't feeling okay because that's what i had winged all the way up to there and when it all became too much for me i had to completely change the way in which i was surviving and uh, you realize as a parent that you can't just survive because then you're just handing them the same template that uh, you know if you you want you, you you know that you want them to have more privileges than you ever had but to do that you have to acknowledge them to yourself you have to give them to yourself you have to tell yourself that it is okay uh, not to Uh, you know always uh, not to depend on the endorsement of the outer world not to depend on validation from everyone else because you think you can keep getting yours while you will free them of that burden but they'll only know how to free themselves of that burden if you give it up in the first place that's very enlightening thanks so much for talking to me Nita. thank you thank you amit if you enjoyed the show do buy natasha's book my daughter's mum You can also follow her on Twitter at Natasha Badwar. You can follow me at Amit Verma A M I T B A R M A and you can browse past episodes of the Seen and the Unseen at seenunseen.in. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed listening to the Seen and the Unseen, check out another hit show from Indus Works Media Networks Cyrus Says. which is hosted by my old colleague from MTV Cyrus Brocha you can download it on any podcasting network Good evening ladies and gentlemen this is your captain speaking sorry to say but there's been a slight delay due to the apocalypse having suddenly begun as you can see there's death destruction and chaos taking place all around us but don't you worry food and drinks will be served shortly and i would recommend checking out IVM podcasts to get some of your favorite indian podcasts we'll keep you going till this whole thing blows over thank you